All right, folks, so today we're going to talk about closing a non-monogamous relationship. So when you should do that, when you should avoid it, and most importantly, how to know the difference between the two times. So stay tuned. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. Here at Touch of Flavor, we teach non-monogamous folks how to overcome their obstacles and build thriving relationships. This podcast is about answering one question. How do you create loving, passionate, secure relationships outside the box, even if nothing has ever worked before? If you want to know the answer, you are in the right place. All of this information is 100% free. So please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hello, everybody. So, Cassie, I just realized we're in this new format now where we're also doing YouTube and we're doing this and we're doing that. And we haven't done a host chat for a little bit. Bad us. Mm-hmm. I'll flog you later for it. I was waiting for something like that. I was <laughs> to pick up what I was putting down. See, this is about making your relationships work. <laughs> Leverage stuff into fun. But with that being said... What's been going on for peeps? We just did a, a big family trip to uh, the mountains, didn't we? We did. It was yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we took the, the the man cub who is getting very big and the little lion, so the toddler and the teenager and our partner Amanda and we went out there and we did a bunch of hiking. We went to a water park mm. and uh, really spent a lot of time outdoors and I feel really amazing after just being able to like connect with nature, things like that. And even while having like family time, stuff like that, we got some sexy time in too. So that was awesome. And helping our clients. It was a good mix. Like it was like a working, a little like working vacation family thing. Um, yeah, more family thing. I know y'all are used to hearing like super like crazy, ridiculous stuff from us. You know, I think last time we were talking about vacation, we were talking about like a lock-in. This was not that <laughs> um, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, that is one thing I'll say about having the little lion in the house. I love her to death. Um, it does make family vacations feel much more family vacations sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to do like a, a sexy lock-in with the little lion like two bedrooms over. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it just is. <laughs> And nursing, you know, nursing. like it's just, and talking. Yeah. And, yeah. But with that being said, really good. And she's hiking now. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. She hiked so much. Like it is crazy. It's just like little legs. Go, 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 go. She's going to be crazy strong. She's doing like pull-ups, but yeah, like dad hangs, the pull-ups is strong, but dad <laughs> hangs now, which is just insanity. Mm -hmm. Like just mind blown by that. And learning all kinds of words too. So she picked up a whole bunch of words on vacation. Oh, oh yeah. Like iPad? Like iPad while we were driving. And honey. Yeah. And well, that was your fault. You, you, by, by saving the adults, by playing music videos. We are not really big on like giving the kids electronics, but driving three hours with the toddler, giving I let her have some music videos on the iPad. Giving the baby electronics. The teenager's on electronics all the time. He's 17. <laughs> well, that's his decisions. Um, but yeah, so um, she learned a couple of new words. 
And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Had a had a blast. Um, had some really good like dyad interactions as well as like triad interactions and family interactions. Lots of fun. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. So that's an update on our lives right now. Uh, and with that, without further ado, I think we're going to go ahead. Oh. And hop in. And hop in. <laughs> all right. So here's a situation that we see a lot. You're in an existing relationship. You're invested. You want to protect it. And then you open that relationship up and things go sideways or not even necessarily. I don't think all the time is that you open up and things go sideways, you know, some way it may be, maybe it's been open for a while, but for whatever reason, things go sideways. So you're in a situation where now all of a sudden you're arguing or maybe you weren't before, or you're feeling jealous. You are at risk of losing your relationship. What are other situations like that? Um, you and your partner just can't seem to get through making agreements. You can't seem to get on the same page. You're feeling like uh, the two of you are getting pulled in different directions. So in order to try to fix that, you consider closing up your relationship. And this is a really common thing, right? Because it's actually a lot of times when you're in a relationship, especially an entwined relationship, a relationship with some history to it. And especially, I think I see this a lot, especially in situations where maybe things were good before you opened up, right? You get in a situation where one person or maybe even both people are tempted to close things. Like, all right, like this isn't worth it, right? Like this isn't worth it. It's damaging our relationship. It's destroying our relationship. It isn't worth keeping it open. Should we just close it down? And like I said, like it may be one person who wants that and maybe your partner's dead set against it or maybe you both are really seriously considering it. And sometimes you might even have a veto arrangement in place, which we're going to talk about kind of as its own thing a little later, but where basically if either one of you demands it, right, the relationship has to close up again, right? So sometimes that can help your relationship. And... Sometimes it can destroy your relationship, right? Yeah. I mean, it can cause a lot of resentment. You know, when you have partners or relationships and then you, you know, end up wanting to close it up, one partner or the other, it can cause a lot of resentment between the two people in that relationship. Um, folks can end up being unfulfilled. They end up having lots of fights over whether or not they should be closing up their relationship. Uh, they end up in situations where they're like rehashing conversations over and over and over again. Well, and a lot of times what happens is they wind up in a situation where they agree to close things up, but they haven't really solved the problems and they haven't really like taken the non-monogamy off the table. So really they're just kicking that can down the road, right? Where they're going to close it up and then Maybe things will be better. Maybe they won't for a period of time. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes people never actually get over the initial issues that that caused, you know, the jealousy or the hurt or the broken trust or the, the breaks in communication or whatever. But either way, they're just kind of kicking that can down the road because eventually the non-monogamy comes up again. And best case scenario, you're, you're back to where you started now, right? Mm -hmm. Which is things were good before 
and then you opened up and they went poorly and then you closed up and now they're good. And then you open up and you're right back to where you started. But a lot of times what happens actually is a lot of those problems like remain. So you're in a situation where maybe things were good and then you opened up and things were bad and you closed and they never actually got good again. And now you're opening up again, right? And really when you do that, you just wind up in like this ticking time bomb situation. So you really have to know the difference. So do you want to start with kind of like the false idea that people have that's causing the problem, Cassie? Yeah. So a lot of folks think, you know, if they just close the relationship, it will solve all the problems that are going on, right? Like if we close up, the problems will go away and we won't have to face them. We won't have to deal with these things and it'll keep us together. It'll protect our relationship if we close up. We're going to be fine if that's what we should, you know, if that's what we do, we should be okay. Right. So you have that, right? And then, and that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest like myth I think that people believe is that closing up will solve the problems and protect the relationship when a lot of times it, it won't actually, right? But there's a couple of other things that people kind of have in their head um, that I think are also untrue. Well, the one is that you should be able to just suck it up and be monogamous for your partner. Like mm -hmm. you should be able to do that. If you really love your partner, if you care about your partner enough, if your relationship is that important to you, you should just be able to just be monogamous. Like it's a good thing. Like that's like a quality, mm -hmm. right? For a lot of people, that's kind of like a... <sighs> It's almost like a sign of how good their relationship is that they would be willing to do that, they think. They use it as a marker of like commitment. I'm so committed to you mm. that I can suck this up and be monogamous. And the problem is, is that another part of these like false beliefs is that you can. That like being non-monogamous is something you can just switch off like a switch. And that's not the case for a lot of people. Oh, it's not the case for a lot of people. And I don't think it's the case for, for people who wind up in these situations because the people who are in these situations, um, you know, there doesn't tend to be a lot of back and forth, right? Like you just, you're like, yeah, okay, let's close up. Like it doesn't matter. This isn't that important to me. Um, and, you know, oh, 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 oh. And there's one more. There's one more I don't want to forget. I love this one. A lot of times, a lot of people also have an idea that if they can just make their relationship good enough, your partner will stop wanting to be non-monogamous. And this is especially true around sex, right? Like we see this all the time where like I'm talking to people um, and it's like, well, you know, if I can just, I know she wants to be non-monogamous now, but if I can just meet her needs in bed, then she'll be fine being monogamous, right? And we can just close up and get rid of all these problems that we're having. And with all of this, um, the problem is, is that for a lot of people, this isn't true. It isn't true that closing up will solve the problems. It might make it worse. It isn't true that they can close it up and, and be okay. And that won't hurt the relationship, right? It isn't true that their partner will just stop wanting it. So people wind up in these situations where they're thinking all these things and they're making decisions about closing up based on all these things, not realizing that half of what they're thinking isn't actually the case, right? Um, so here's the thing, you know, for some people, non-monogamy is just fun, right? 
it's just something where it's like, it's awesome. Like, you know, it's great. It's great to be able to go out and play with other people. That's fantastic. But you know, if I don't have that in my life, I'm still going to be happy. I'm still going to be fulfilled. I'm not going to feel like I'm being inauthentic or I'm missing out on a part of who I am. I'll be good. It's just like a cool bonus to have, right? It's a thing I do versus a who I am. It's a thing I do that's fun, not that I need, right? Because it goes even beyond that that thing I do versus who I am. But it's a thing that I do because it's fun, but it's not a thing that I need, right? Um, and, you know, if you're one of those people, if this is just like fun, if being non-monogamous is just fun, right? Um, and your relationship is at risk, yeah, I, I mean, close it off. By all means, close it off. At least close it off for now. Yeah, until right. things get better and you've worked through some of the stuff and actually worked through some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's not always the case. No. For some folks, this is a part of who they are. It's something that they need to be happy and fulfilled in life. And it isn't something that they can just give up for, you know, because they love you enough or they 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 can just stuff it away, that sort of thing. It's something that they 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 need and that's what they, you know, need to do to be a happy fulfilled human yeah not everybody agrees with this example right but i found that the easiest way for people to get their heads around this a lot of times who aren't polyamorous and don't really understand what that is to people as an identity is is to think of it like a sexual orientation right so it's the same kind of idea that if you have somebody who is gay and you're like well can't you just turn that off and not be gay, right? Can't you just turn that off and be straight? Well, maybe they could do that if they were given the right motivation and incentives to do that. And in fact, a lot of people did for a very significant portion of history, and some people still do. But they aren't happy, fulfilled, healthy human beings when they're shoving that down. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, yes, you can do that, but you're only living as a fraction of yourself. Um, so, yeah. So what happens? Well, so there's kind of like three possible outcomes. So if this is, if this is, okay, so let's say you're not one of those people where this is just fun and this is something that it is a part of who you are, right? And more importantly, the, the more important thing to understand, you can argue whether it's identity, whether it's part of who you are or whatever, the real important metric when I'm talking to people about this is, are you able going to be like a happy and healthy and fulfilled human without the non-monogamy? That's really what we're talking about, right? If the answer is, yeah, sure, I'll be perfectly happy and perfectly healthy and perfectly fulfilled without it, and it's damaging my relationship, then yeah, close up. But if one or both of you are in a situation where the answer to that is, no, I will not be a happy, healthy, fulfilled human if I go back to being monogamous, you have one of three things that happens, mm -hmm. right? So either your partner refuses to close things up if they're non-monogamous, right? They're just like, you know, no, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, this is a part of who I am. I'm not okay with it. I will not close up. And now you're in the situation of like, do you, do you leave? Do you not leave? Right? Whatever. The second part, the second thing that can happen is they agree. And this, this we see a lot right, where they agree to it, but it pops up again down the road worse, right? So this looks like a situation where, you wanna talk about this? Oh, you can go ahead. Okay, this looks like a situation where it's like, okay, things aren't working, right? 
I'm non-monogamous, or you're non-monogamous, or both of us are non-monogamous, but things aren't working, so we're in a closed bar relationship. Cool. And this is a situation we talked about earlier, where the problem is we're just kicking that can down the road, right? Because even if we manage to fix whatever damage going about non-monogamy the wrong way has caused in our relationship, which a lot of times doesn't completely happen, best case, we're back to square one, and we're having the exact same problems again when we open things up down the road, and we will open things up down the road, because again, one of us needs that to be a happy, healthy, fulfilled human being, right? Or the third option is that people agree to it, right? But that unhappiness and that resentment builds up until it explodes. Yeah, and this looks like people cheating, right? This ends up being things like folks sabotaging their relationships and doing things to uh, force a change in their relationship maybe not even like completely like consciously. consciously, right? We just start being not really great people in our relationships because of that unhappiness and resentment. And talking like just about resentment, right? Like folks get to the point where they end up just being so angry and upset and, and, just holding on to that against their partner. So your day-to-day interactions are reflected, right? When, I, when I'm resentful of my partner, I don't treat them like I, I'm in love with them, like I care about them, like they're important to me because it builds up and it ends up impacting our emotional intimacy, our physical intimacy, mm-hmm. the way we spend our time together because I'm holding that thing. And it's not like you're intentionally holding on to resentment. It's there because you're not happy. Well, and you know, a lot of people, we, we talk about this in other places, but a lot of people kind of view resentment as like a dirty word, but it shouldn't be, right? Because resentment is just kind of like that natural thing that happens when I feel like I'm continually missing out on something in my life because of you. That's really all that it is when we talk about resentment, right? It's It's that... That anger, that irritation, that wondering if I'd be better off without you, right? That unhappiness. And, and, you know, and, and that comes from like knowing that I could be happier. I could be better. I could be more fulfilled. And I'm not because you're standing in the way of that, right? It isn't a bad emotion. It's, it's, it's a natural thing that happens for everybody at certain points. So, like I said, so you kind of have the three things, right? Either you go and you're like, hey, we're open. This is part of one of who one of us is, but we want to close it up. Either your partner refuses to close it up. They agree, but it pops up again down the road, right? And usually it pops up worse because a lot of times those problems haven't healed from before or just you get into it and you're both like, oh my God, this again, right? So if it was jealousy, if it was arguing, if it was resentment, if it was whatever, that comes up worse. Or you, you both agree to it. And you do it, but that unhappiness and resentment builds until something gives. And maybe it takes a long time, maybe it doesn't, right? But those are kinds of the three options. And so I want to take a second here and talk about veto, right? And like I said, most people probably know this, but for those who don't, a veto is just um, where we have an agreement and you, you know, it's like an established couple usually who's going into non-monogamy, right? Who has an agreement that if we get into this and one of us, you know, for whatever reason decides we don't want to do this anymore, we will stop right now. Here is the, the problem with that though. 
Um, and you know, there's a lot of discussion about whether vetoes are moral and things like that. And I'm not even gonna go into that because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter whether or not or how moral they are because it doesn't work, right? So you shouldn't be doing it anyways, regardless of any conversation around the morality of it. Um, and it doesn't work precisely because of what we just talked about, right? If, if this is a, just something that is fun, right? You're not gonna probably need a veto. Like if your partner loves you and cares about you and this is just something that's cool to have and fun and nice and you're suffering, they're, they're gonna stop, right? On the other hand, if it's a part of who they are, a veto isn't gonna work because they'll either refuse or they'll agree but it'll pop up again or they'll agree and maybe even stick to it but that resentment and unhappiness will build until it explodes, right? So a veto is just kind of like an option where nobody wins because here's the problem with that, right? If we have a veto and and Cassie's in love with somebody and now I'm going around saying, hey, um, I'm invoking this veto, right? Not only is it not gonna work but it's not gonna work and one of us now is going to be in a really shit situation because either, well, I mean, I'm gonna be in a really shit situation. You're, we're both gonna be in a really shit situation because either Cassie's gonna refuse and now she's broken an agreement or she's going to agree and then get to blame me and be pissed off at me for breaking off whatever she had going. Either way, it's, it's, it's like a mutually assured destruction option, right? So vetoes just don't work in the situations where you would need them and in the situations where they would work. You don't need a veto. Is there anything you want to throw in there with that? Um, just, you know, just to elaborate on what you're saying, like at any point where you're in a situation where really the decision comes down to now either A, I have to break an agreement or B, I have to do something that I am going to be resentful and angry with you over and over again, it's usually not a good arrangement. And veto just solidifies that. Like there's going to be either resentment or there's going to be a broken agreement. um, And it's just going to put you and your partner in a horrible, horrible position. Okay. So we can shelve the whole moral and moral discussion (laughs) on vetoes. They don't work. So don't do them. Right. Okay, so this is the important piece to understand because, you know, as we kind of started this off with, you know, so that's a whole list of potential problems that you can run into, right? Um, And as we said, there are situations where closing up when you're running into problems can actually be beneficial. And there's situations where you can run into all those problems that we just listed, right? So... What I want to spend a chunk of time here talking about for people, because I think this is a really important piece, is how do you tell the difference between those two times, right? You want to start or you want me to start? You can go ahead and start. Okay. Number one, are they willing to? I mean, that would just be the first thing to figure out. Like, is your partner willing to go back? Because <laughs> if not there's gonna be problems if you try and go back. And also, as I said, if they're not, right, more importantly, this is typically a need for them. Because again, somebody who really loves you and this isn't a really important thing to them, 
is going to let it go when they're seeing you suffering and asking for it for the most part. So are they willing to go back? Um, you can call in with the next couple. Okay. So, and we were kind of talking about this with the identity, but like, if you feel like this is who you are versus something that you do, right? Um, you know, these are just kind of indicators that maybe you fall into that. Like this is more of a identity orientation, whatever you want to call it category than it is just like a fun thing that you're doing. Do you feel like this is a part of who you are? You know, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, they'll say like, I've always known this is who I am, or this is who I've been for a long time, or it would feel inauthentic of me, or like I was missing out on a piece of myself, or I wasn't being who I really am to go back to being monogamous. If, if those things resonate with you, most likely you fall more in that category of like going to not be happy, going to not be uh, fulfilled if you go back to being monogamous. Yeah, and we don't ever like condone cheating, but like have you struggled with staying faithful to your partner in the past? Like is this something that you really have a hard time doing and you can find yourself getting pulled in that direction over and over again. Is one of those like a good indication of like current behaviors, past behavior kind of a thing? Like if you've always had trouble staying faithful, chances are you're not very well suited to monogamy. And again, I'm not saying that to excuse anybody who watches our stuff, you know how we feel. Like you can still cheat in a non-monogamous relationship. Not good at all. But let's be realistic. Like if you've in the past had trouble staying faithful, chances are you're not very well cut out for monogamy. Just doesn't seem like that works well for you. Okay. Also, if this is something that you've been wanting for a long time, you know, you mentioned, you know, folks saying things like, I've always known that this is something that, I, that, that has been a part of me, but also like, I, this is something I've been wanting for, for as long as I can remember or years and years back. Um, anything else you want to add to that? No, not to that. Um, I think another important thing though, and this is a place a lot of people miss. I want to just like bold star highlight this one. Um, what do your other relationships look like? You know, there's a big difference between we're going back to being monogamous and okay. Cassie comes to me and she's like, Hey Josh, let's be monogamous because Cassie's, you know, that that's Cassie. She's the one who would come and have that discussion with me. Right. So she comes back to me and says that there's a big difference between me considering this and I've got a couple of play partners that I meet up with and do awful things to at events twice a year versus I have someone who's a part of my life who I'm in love with that I've been with for three years, four years, five years, a year. Right. There's a, there's a big range there. And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't take that into consideration. Yeah. Like you want to talk about a way to cause resentment. Yeah. It's making someone cut off a relationship that they've built with someone else, making them get remove somebody that they love from their lives. That doesn't tend to go well. And it's important to understand. This is where we're talking about resent resentment being a natural emotion. If I have somebody that I love and I want to be with and I am giving them up for you, resentment is probably going to come with that. And that this is one reason why when we're working with people, 
Um, one thing that we always consider, because we will sometimes when we're working with people, tell them not to stop doing it, but to put things on hold for a brief while while we get things stable. Especially if like they're having a lot of problems and say the the couple who is coming to us are just dating, right? Like we're we're just kind of seeing people. We don't really have anybody who like we're actually like seeing, seeing. We've gone on a couple dates. Things are, are going really poorly. We might say, okay, well, don't go on a couple dates for a while. Like it might be time to just focus on fixing what's going on here before continuing to date other people. Well, yeah, and that's the point that I was making, right? Like, because we will tell people sometimes to put things on hold for a brief period of time. But one of the things we always consider with that is what relationships are already at play. Because again, it's one thing. I mean, especially if like neither of us have any other partners currently and we're having a lot of suffering around the non-monogamy. It's one thing to talk about putting things on pause for a few weeks until we get us stable, Right. Versus again, like if I have somebody who's deeply involved in my life, who I'm going to be cutting out, right? That's a very different dynamic. And it's one a lot of people don't take into account. Yeah. And just speaking of, of resentment, you know, I want to, you know, this, this is a huge thing, right? The, the resentment from, a, a, you know, losing a partner, things like that. But also like one of the things you want to ask yourself is like, is closing this relationship going to cause a lot of regret and resentment towards my partner? Am I going to regret this? And am I going to end up resenting you for this decision? And then if the answer is yes, it's probably not a good idea. Well, and then the last piece is, um, well, I'll, I'll throw two things in here actually. Right. Um, so one is, does it feel like you'll be settling or something will be missing? If you're thinking like, I will be settling for this, that's generally not good. That's generally going to sign that like, this is not something you're going to be totally happy with, filled with. And, you know, I really think if I had to boil all of this down, right? Like I said, like to one question, I kind of mentioned this before, like, can I be a happy, fulfilled, healthy, non-resentful human being monogamous? If the answer to that is no, you know, that's the really important piece, right? The rest of these are like markers, but that's really the important piece of this. Cause the real question is, is this something you can put down uh, without, without problems? Right. Um, now this is interesting. So the other piece of this too, though, that I want to talk a little more about though, is this thing of closing down. And a lot of times it's mismatch and expectations that people have of, Oh, it's, it's closed down and we're done with this versus not. I know we have a couple of clients who have, have fit into that. You want to talk about that for a minute? Cause I think a lot of people here, when they do make the decision, like, Hey, we're going to put things on hold. Don't really understand. This is that kicking that can down the road thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, we actually had, you know, two clients of ours that we have an interview with who are doing fabulous now, but one of the, the places where they really got stuck was, you know, they had put things on hold, right? They were at a good place to put things on hold. Neither one of them had partners, things like that. And the, the, uh, the one person thought, you know, Hey, like this is on hold indefinitely. We're done. We're done. He really thought they were done. Yeah. Like this is it's on hold. It's been on hold for a while. We're done with this. It's, 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 it's been on hold for a while. Haven't talked about it. And she went out and she like kind of came across somebody and was like, you know, like the whole time was not very happy with things staying on hold. And then finally it came up 
that she had somebody that she was possibly interested in. Like she, she was like, okay, like, Hey, we've had this thing on hold for a long time. Let's open things up. Now we've been in a pretty good spot. And that was one of those situations where their relationship did get better while it was closed. But then they started talking about opening up. Those conversations started getting rehashed. Mm, that wasn't and, what happened. Oh, go ahead. They thought it was closed and then she met, he thought it was closed and she met somebody. Yeah. It wasn't just, it started coming up again. She met somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, is they started having the conversations oh, yeah. yep. about same things again. Yeah. What they, they, you know, were going to do their agreements, things like that. Um, you know, and he was like, whoa, like, uh, I thought this thing was like indefinitely on hold. And, and her perspective was no, like hold was a hold for a little while. So we see this a lot with folks where, you know, one partner has a very different expectation of what the length of hold is. And sometimes even you, the person who's like, yeah, I can hold out for a while, really don't have a good idea of how long that is something that you're willing to tolerate because it is something where you are missing out on who you really are. So here's what's important to understand, right? So, you know, Basically, the important thing to know for yourself is that, like I said, like there's, you know, if you're in the spot where you're wondering like, hey, like, is closing a good for a relationship? Is closing up bad for a relationship? Like, should I close my relationship? You know, the answer is it really depends, right? It's important to know which is which. And I, I want to actually do this because... When you realize what is really here, right? You wind up being able to set yourself on an educated course that's actually going to serve your relationship well versus one that's inadvertently going to make things worse, right? So there's basically kind of three, you know, you're, you're, you're in a relationship, you're asking yourself this question, should we close things up? There's actually kind of three outcomes and I, I want to pull this because I think this is going to be really important for people, right? Um, because it actually isn't just break up or not break up or, or sorry, close up or not close up, right? Cause there's kind of a middle ground there too. So I think it's important to really break down for people. Okay. So really the question is, do we close up? Do we close up on a brief hold? And I want to talk more about that because that's a really specific thing, right? Or do we stay open? I'm going to spitball here, right? But basically this is how I want you to think about this, right? If the answer is, if you're in a situation, your relationship's suffering and you're wondering, should I close up? Should we take a pause? Should we do whatever? If the answer is, this is just something that's fun. I'm going to be totally fine with it. We'll both be happy, fulfilled, satisfied humans without the non-monogamy. Then the answer is yes, you can put things on hold. Or sorry, you can stop doing this. You can close the relationship up. You don't have to reopen it. You can close it up, and that's fine. And I really, the, I really think that's the only situation in which it's a, it's it's you're going to be safe to say, uh, close it up, right? Mm-hmm. Is is where both you and your partner are in a spot of this is a nice to have. It's not who you are. You're going to be happy. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be fine. Oh, and this is kind of a part of that, but like you don't have any deep relationships that people are going to be resentful for breaking off because then you won't be a happy, healthy, non-resentful human. Okay. If the answer is no, like this is part of who we are, it's something we're gonna need. One of, at least one of us is gonna need to be happy and healthy and fulfilled, then you're just causing more problems in yourself by trying to close it, mm-hmm. right? So then the question becomes, 
do you keep going or do you put things on hold? So when you're thinking about talking to clients about closing completely as an option, so do you keep going versus putting things on hold? What are the things that you look at and that you tell people? So when determining whether or not you should open up or not, like I'll talk with folks about, you know, first off, what is the current state of their relationships? Are we, you know, with anybody? Is there any other relationships going on, you know, to determine whether or not they should close? Um, If I'm actually going to be able to stick to it, is this something where I'm going to say yes, but like in two weeks, you know, I'm going to be like running back to an old partner or uh, cheating, et cetera. Is this something that I can actually do? Um, We also look at, you know, are the problems that you're trying to solve actually going to be impacted by being closed? So what I mean by this is maybe some of the issues are like things like time management between us. That's something that we can actually work on and get set up so that way when we reopen, we're in a better spot or the connection or things like that. Now, if it's, I get really jealous when you're out on dates, well, maybe we don't, maybe closing up isn't really what we need to do right now because I'm not going to be able to work on that, right? Like closing up isn't going to make any sense. So it's really those three things is, is the first, like, you know, what are the state of the relationships? And, you know, from there, really taking a deep dive into what exactly is going on and does it make sense? Does it actually make sense to close things up so that way you can work on specific things or not? Well, and, and this is what's interesting that you said, right, is, and I want to, well, everything you said is interesting, but I want to pull it, like, the, the one thing, again, I really want to pull out here because I think it's the place, so uh, I think it's the place people really fall on this is the other relationship. So often people ignore that and and they 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 think that it's good to put things on hold no matter what what people's other relationships look like and like I said like in that that a lot of times does lead to broken agreements that leads to resentment that leads to more hard feelings that now you're having to work over because I've actually made it harder we've actually made it harder now to work through the challenges that we're having because not only are we arguing and whatever and still have to fix all that but on top of it I'm now pissed off that this person that I like love deeply and I've talked to every day for three months I now can't talk to for the next like six to eight weeks because of you yeah right you can't forget that piece. I want to throw it because I think so often people do completely. Like, yeah. And it builds just so much negative interactions and energy between the people. You know, like when we're trying to work on our relationship, it's very hard to work on those things when you're angry, when you're mm-hmm. upset, when you're resentful. Those things like connection or intimacy or time it makes it even harder to work on any of that when you're angry and upset because you're in that mode of like, screw you. Why do I want to give you more time? Right? Like you end up being in that spot where you're not cooperative, where you're not a team player with your partner. Well, and here's the other really important piece too that I want people to understand. A hold is a hold, right? What we typically see happen a lot of times is we're putting things on pause, but that pause is basically a de facto how the relationship is from here out because we don't, uh, we, we don't have any plan process in place to work on it, right? By definition, if, if we're putting things on hold to work on our relationship, right? We have to actually have a plan and a time frame to fix the things that are going on and to reopen our relationship 
Because otherwise, we're not really on pause. We're really choosing to close our relationship. And then all those problems come in where people are resentful and they are upset and you know things do wind up blowing up and all of those things. So I can't stress this enough, right? If you're, when you're, when we're talking about putting things on hold, this is very different from how most of you are thinking about putting things on hold. When we're putting things on hold with our clients, we're like for a period of blank number of weeks, we're putting things on hold while we do intensive work on our relationship. But our clients actually have a plan to A, fix their relationship and B, of how and when they're going to reopen things. So there isn't this feeling of being stuck in limbo or this feeling of, well, we're saying we're on hold and you're saying we're on hold, but really you're closing the relationship up and now I'm gonna be stuck here, right? Because that basically is just closing things up and giving it a pretty name. It's calling it putting it on hold. (laughs) But if you don't know when you're coming off hold and you don't have a process to get there, you're not actually putting things on hold you're closing things up at that point. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally. Which or, well, yeah. Without, well, without, without the stated intention yeah, of it. Sometimes yeah. it is intentional, right? Like, so there's that as well. Well, I was saying you're, you're closing it up without actually intentionally doing that with your partner and making that a decision that the two of you made together. Right. So here's, here's what's so awesome about this, right? When you understand which of these categories that you fall into, you're much better equipped to move through challenges in your non-monogamous relationships because most of the time for people, like I said, they, they don't know which of those things that they fall into. So they close up when that's going to make things explode or they stay open when it actually would have been better to put things briefly on pause or maybe to completely close things up completely because that's just the kind of relationship that they're in is one where that's not really that important, right? So knowing which of those categories that you fall into can give you a massive head start on fixing things in your relationship, right? Um, now, and that, that really sets you up to be able to find a path forward out of the arguing, out of the jealousy, out of the, the drama and the conflict and the, the time management issues and whatever challenges you're facing, right? And to actually come out the other side of that with like happy, loving, thriving relationships. Now, if you're still not sure which of those categories that you fall into, we can help right? Like we help people sort that out all the time. And the other piece that I throw into is even if you were in the category where you, you think that you might be better off putting things on hold for a little bit and you're listening, you're actually pretty sure that that's the category that you fall into, right? The second piece of that, like I said, that's really important is that in order for it to actually be a pause or a hold, you have to actually have a path out the other side, right? To solving the problems and to actually reopening the relationship so that this doesn't become a hold that's actually like a de facto closing things up until things do blow up, right? So if you're in either of those situations, either you don't know which of those categories you fall into, or you're pretty sure you fall into the needing a hold category, but you need a plan to come out the other side of that, like here's what I want you to do, right? Go to a touchofflavor.com forward slash call that will take you to our calendar. You can pick a time on there. You can book a free breakthrough call, right? 
pick a time, we'll hop on with you the time that you picked, right? Really dive into these things, like go through step by step by step. It'll be the best hour that you've ever spent on your relationships and we'll really nail down for you if you should be putting things on hold, if you should be closing things up. And at any rate, like from there, how you're going to repair the damage that's been done and actually move forward in a plan to make progress to get to a point of opening things again so that it is actually a hold versus a closing up. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to throw in there? No, you summarize it very well. All right. So everybody, with that being the case, I'm just going to sum this up real quick, right? A lot of times we get in a situation where we're in a non-monogamous relationship, we're having problems. Maybe it was even good before we open things up and one of us gets tempted to close things up. And sometimes that's great and sometimes that's disastrous, right? There's really three options at that point. Either you close things up entirely, you put a temporary hold in place with a plan and a path back to opening things up, or you leave things open. What's gonna determine where you fall on those things? Well, number one, if this is something you need, if you can be a happy, functional, both of you actually, if both of you in the relationship can be happy, functional, healthy, non-resentful human beings with closing things up. And if the answer to that is yes, and if being open is causing a lot of drama and strife and suffering, then close things up. That's fine. Maybe you try again down the road, maybe you don't, but feel free to close things up. If the answer to that is no, one of you will not be able to be happy and fulfilled and complete, then closing that up is a path that is disastrous. So at that point, you can look and if you have problems that you can address in a realm where you're not monogamous, right? Like where you can work on things between you two and also like your current relationships are amenable to where people aren't gonna get resentful about putting a pause on their current relationships. And there was one other thing that you said. Um, What was the third criteria? The third criteria as in, you know, actually having... Putting things on hold. As far as, you know, so it was, you know, making sure that you actually have a plan for when it's being opened. Ah, and you actually have a plan for when it's being opened, right? Then you can put things on pause for a bit. But putting things on pause looks like actually having a plan. And, you know, if you're in a situation where, um, you know, the problems are things that are specifically you're going to have to solve while being non-monogamous or you have people involved in your life or your partner does where it's going to hurt and make people more resentful and make it harder to work through things with with breaking things off, then you work through them open. But knowing which of those categories that you fall into is critically important and just as important is if you are putting things on hold, making sure it is an actual hold instead of really closing things up. Anything else? Nope. All right, everybody. So... Great talking to you, and we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We release new episodes every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you're ready to transform your relationship and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with us, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to 
atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about an hour and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. What's really not working in your relationships, what your dream relationships would look like, and a step-by-step plan to close the gap and save your family even if nothing has worked before. We talk with hundreds of non-monogamous folks like you every year. And here's the truth. Building loving, thriving relationships, that doesn't happen on its own. You need expert guidance to make that happen. And unfortunately, when you are building relationships outside the box, that's impossible to find. And we get it. But that's exactly what we do. We've helped clients all over the world save their families, get the passion back, and become best friends again. So if you want to see if we can help you do the same, head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'm Cassie. And I'm Josh. Let's talk soon.